Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Hey, thank you for your patience yesterday. And um, I really appreciate your loyalty in the audience. I mean that. I don't get to say that enough. And uh, if I do say it enough, I should still say it more than enough. I had to take a day off yesterday. I had to handle some things. Everything's okay. I promise you. But uh, I got a ton of messages and emails. You okay, Dan? We're praying for you. Everything's fine. I promise you. I, I just, there's something I had to do. I know we don't typically take too many days off on the show. Uh, so I really appreciate that. It was very touching. I even asked Guy this morning. I'm like, Guy, did you get a lot of uh, emails and stuff about where we were? He said he didn't, but I certainly did. So I appreciate that. I've got a lot to get to today because we missed Monday. So now we have three days of stuff to catch up on. And uh, it's important amid the chaos we stay focused. So I'm going to ask three questions, the three biggest questions right now about the Obama administration, which, as I said on my Fox show Saturday night, Biden should resign immediately. Uh, no question in my mind. The three big questions we have to ask. I got that. And also a shocking admission by leftist media types now that masks may not be the religion they thought it was. These are not the droids you're looking for. Hey, for peace of mind online, get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, today's show also brought to you by uh, Alliance for Defending, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. Alliance Defending Freedom. Don't forget, Alliance Defending Freedom. Well, who are they? Well, listen, Congress is in chaos. It's controlled by far-left ideologues trying to crush the values and institutions that have made America a beacon for freedom and liberty since its founding. For over 27 years, Alliance Defending Freedom has been standing up for religious liberty, the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, marriage, and parental rights in America's highest courts. ADF does all this at no cost to their clients and is completely funded by the generosity of patriots like you. With the family, freedom, and even basic biological reality under constant attack, Alliance Defending Freedom needs your support now more than ever. They wanted to talk to you. They wanted to be here. I appreciate them sponsoring the show we only take on sponsorships and groups that we can align with ideologically. It's important. Go to adflegal.org slash Dan and get your copy of ADF's ebook titled Generational Wins Absolutely Free. Discover why fighting for what's right isn't just important for today, but how it impacts our nation for generations to come. America's strong and we stand together. Join the growing number of Americans standing in solidarity to defend freedom and liberty and get your copy of Generational Wins Absolutely Free. That's adflegal.org slash Dan adflegal.org slash Dan. All right, Joe, let's go. Been yeah. a while. Joe's like, yeah, extra excited. Yeah. Because Joe missed the day. So he's got to burn yep. some extra fuel off just in case. You don't want to yes, like sir. have the fuel spill. The fuel, the cup runneth over, the fuel spilleth <laughs> over. So amid the chaos, which unfortunately uh, many of us here, some of the production team know too much about for reasons we'll talk about at a later date when the statute of limitations runs out. Amid the chaos, it's important we stay very focused. So there are three questions I see right now that we have the responsibility to ask and answer. The Biden administration are lying. They're just completely discredited right now. This is a cataclysmic, apocalyptic failure, the likes of which we haven't seen in foreign policy in decades, sadly still going on right now. But it's up to us to stay focused because we are the responsible ones. And those people overseas that are stranded, yes, stranded, Peppermint Patty, stranded over there, those are our people. Is that not a political football? Question number one. How many stranded Americans are left behind? Kind of a good question to know. No? How many people are there? Can we get a rough idea? All right, if we're off by one or two, we can figure it out. But why won't they answer that question? I'll get to that in a minute. Stay tuned. Number two. Why did we abandon Bagram Air Base? There is still not a satisfactory answer as to why we left a perfectly secure two-runway military facility, a 20-minute helo ride out of Kabul. There's no good explanation for that at all. None. Question three. Why did the Afghan National Army fail so quickly, and what did the intelligence say? We now have answers to some of this stuff, some we don't. Well, let's get to the answers first. In the interest of time here, Question number one, how many stranded Americans are left behind? Ladies and gentlemen, I am hearing this. Brian Kilmeade mentioned this on Fox this morning. A lot of people are hearing this from sources. They are, I, I, listen, it pains me to tell you this, but I want you to listen very closely because this is very important. 
the Biden administration is preparing right now to leave not just a few, but a lot of Americans behind in Afghanistan. I am not the only one hearing this. There are a number of conservative reporters, number of cable news. Like I said, Brian Kilmeade mentioned it this morning on Fox and Friends. Folks, listen to me. The only thing that will stop them from leaving Americans behind in Afghanistan, and a lot of them, is going to be a public outcry against it. They're doing it right now. How does that relate to question number one? How many stranded Americans are left behind? Because here's how they're doing it, because these people are slime balls. And I'm being nice by doing it because it's a relatively family-friendly show. Sometimes. I want you to listen very, very closely to Jake Sullivan. This guy, I mean, look at this guy. That him and Ned Price and Peppermint Patty are basically running the country right now. Is, uh, I mean, it's one of the great tragedies of our time. I want you to watch, listen to Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor to the President. Talk about when he's asked about how many Americans are left behind. I want you to listen to his answer. And I want you to tease out. I want you to tease out why he answered this very specific way. How many stranded Americans are left behind? Check this out. Many people have asked reasonably why we cannot provide a precise number of American citizens still in country. Let me explain. When Americans have come to Afghanistan over the years, we ask them to register with the embassy. Many have left without deregistering. Others never register at all. That is their right, of course. And it's our responsibility to find them, which we are now doing hour by hour. Folks, I know you're probably putting two, this is two and two together. This is the smartest audience in the business. What are they going to do? He picked it out right away when I sent that clip over this morning. They're preparing to blame the Americans they leave behind for getting left behind. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's what they're going to do. They're going to leave them behind, Joe. And what are they going to say? They're going to be like, hey, I didn't know you were here. So uh, what do you mean you didn't know we were here, Jake? I sent 20 emails telling you where my location was. A hundred percent. They're getting prepared to leave Americans behind August 31st when Biden beats feet out of there. And they're going to be like, sorry, I didn't know nothing. They're going to do the Sergeant Schultz. I didn't know nothing about nothing about nothing. They're getting. A hundred percent. That's what's going on right now. I know nothing. Nothing. That's that's exactly what you're going to hear. That'll appear at the press conference. Sergeant Schultz will pop right in there. They're preparing to blame the Americans who were there. This is just beyond grotesque at this point. Question number two. Why did we abandon Bagram? Well, Kirby doesn't want to answer why we abandoned Bagram because, uh, again, I'm hearing and many others, it's not just me, will claim some monopoly on the information that, one, this decision was not supported by military leadership who said, abandoning Bagram, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. We'll have no effective military facility to wage any kind of counterattack if on the way out we're hit. There are going to be whistleblowers on this as people prepare to preserve their reputations. Trust me. They are going to want to leave the military leadership. They're going to want some fancy consulting gig on the way out the door. And in order to do that, they're not going to want to be associated with the greatest military failure in the last 30, 40 years. So there will be whistleblowers on the way out the door. People, hey, uh, you know, let me talk to my, friend, talk to my friends at the Washington Post. You know, my name is uh, Joey Begadonis. I didn't have anything to do with this thing. It'd be a real shame, wink, wink, if you leaked that into the paper. Reputations are all that matter in this business. People are going to want to save their reputation. Kirby, Admiral Kirby, who was the spokesperson for the DOD, was asked by Jennifer Griffin at Fox, hey, why is it that you guys abandoned Bagram in one of the worst, most ridiculous, poorly thought out strategic military decisions in 30 years? And watch the non-answer answer. He totally ducks it and moves on because he knows they were told otherwise and they did it anyway. Check this out. Supposedly there was supposed to be an 82nd Airborne jump into Bagram Air Base uh, to open that field and that that was shut down by the White House. Is that accurate? Jen, I, I have first uh, that I'm hearing these reports. You're going to have to let me go back and, and look at this. I, I don't know. Don't believe him as far as I can throw him, and I can't throw him very far, especially with these arthritic shoulders. He is not telling you the truth. 
You're telling me he doesn't know about this, that this is the DOD spokesman and has no idea about who was involved in the decision to abandon Bagram and who the pushback was. Come on, come on, man. Come on, give us a break. Come on, guy. As Coach Stan used to say, come on, guy. Are you kidding? And then making matters even worse, apparently there was a uh, decision made that they could go and retake Bagram using the 82nd Airborne and the decision was shut down by the White House because the Taliban told them otherwise. Taliban determining our foreign policy now. This is insane. Question number three. Why did the Afghan National Army fail? There were a lot of other questions. I see these three as the most pressing right now. Of course, you can disagree and we'll cover all of it the rest of this week. We got a lot going on. Still a lot of time left in the week. There was a documentary about 10 years ago, put out. I think it's by the BBC. I want you to listen to about 30 seconds of it. This is how poorly prepared the Afghan National Army was. Folks, these are hard, this is not talking points, this is the hard reality. If you on the left are going to jump out, oh, you know, a lot of Afghans died, they did. They did. Many of them did fight for their country, some valiantly. But the hard reality, folks, is a lot didn't. And if you are betting your kid's life or your life on the support of the Afghan army, then you damn well better be sure they're prepared for it. They were not. Listen to this 30 seconds from a documentary 10 years ago. You're going to hear the voice of a Marine unit on the ground in charge of training the Afghan National Army. And it's a couple of Marine officers who are talking about their experience with the Afghan National Army. Listen how bad this is. Check this out. You're not ready. You don't have a helmet on. Najib doesn't have a rifle right now. How is he ready? This is like having 26 kids that I have to watch after. It really is. Ready would be on the road, staged, ready to move at 830. I think if they introduced drug testing to the Afghan army, uh, we would lose probably three quarters to maybe 80, 85 percent of the army. It requires telling them almost 30 times. Don't do this. 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 Come on. Let's go. Folks, that goes on for, I don't know how long the documentary is, but where I saw that online, that goes on for about 10 or 15 minutes. The Afghan National Army was totally, completely unprepared. They bring up a lot of points that there's no loyalty to this Afghan government. Like we would have some loyalty to our flag and what it collectively represents. There's, and I shouldn't say none, but there's very little loyalty there. Another thing they bring up, the drug problem, the hashish problem over there. They don't have equipment. They don't even know how to wear the equipment. One of them says that one of the, uh, one of the Afghan National Army recruits didn't know his right foot from his left foot. One of the other guys makes a point, one of the Marines, that the only people they're getting, the uh, young adults they were getting in Afghanistan to volunteer for the Army were outcasts from the village because they were either criminals or malcontents or just not very good people who were outcasts from the, that's how they wound up in the army. This wasn't an army folks in any sense of the word. They may have had some people who fought, may have had some people who fought valiantly. It'd be ridiculous to make uh, categorical determinations otherwise. But, but having said that large portions of this army were completely unprepared for combat at all. And that was a bipartisan failure. And we're not going to play the games that the Democrats do, trying to pin the blame exclusively on Republicans. We, we don't do that here. If we screwed up, there should be accountability. And the Republicans who invested in this army and constantly told the American public that we were preparing uh, you know, an, an Afghan national army to fight the Taliban, not realizing they would fold in minutes and days, you're just kidding yourself. The information was there everywhere. Now, you can't rely on the media, of course. You can't rely on the media to do any of this stuff, to give you any truth. I mean, the media is focused right now, shockingly, folks, on, yep, believe it or not, Republicans pounce stories again. They never, ever stop. Here's Vanity Fair, Hive, or whatever it is, by an Eric Lutz. This guy writes like a guy who would have the name Eric Lutz, by the way. He does. He sounds like an Eric Lutz. You know, Republicans pounce stories. I've had to explain it a few times. I'll explain it again because they're important. The media, instead of bringing accountability, which they should, to Joe Biden, because he is in charge right now, instead of doing that, is not interested in that at all. 
So Joe Biden's staring at an apocalyptic failure in Afghanistan because of his lack of planning and his just utter stupidity and ignorance. So instead of making this story about Joe Biden, they have to make the story about Republicans' response to Joe Biden. Here it is. Eric Lutz. Republicans are weaponizing Afghanistan chaos to get ahead in 2022. Again, that, that, that is uh, now... Do we have the uh, the chart, the handy Republicans pounce chart? There's a Republicans pounce chart. Yeah, the, you got to see this. This was uh, someone put this up. Forgive me, I forget who it was. Now, uh, weaponizing is not on that chart. He thinks it goes uh, to maybe a sale, and I think he's right, which is a level above pounce. First, it's Republicans react and respond, then pounce. So I think a sale is probably the most appropriate synonym there. That means multiple conservatives are issuing statements about something. Therefore, they have to write about Republicans weaponizing or assailing. So that's right, Guy. I think you're right. That's right around the sale. This is what they do. Folks, I just want to warn you right now. And God, I hope I'm wrong and I'm not using his name in vain. You're looking at an extermination in Afghanistan. And even some of my friends who agree with me that we shouldn't have been in Afghanistan nearly as long as we were are starting to say things I completely disagree with. One of them, a good friend, was like, hey, you know, if the Taliban wanted to kill our people, they would have done it already, and almost implying, like, this is a lot of media hype. I hope you're right. I b- Believe me, I do. But I don't believe you are. I think that they are now basking in their victory, the Taliban. They are trying to create a press narrative when they realize that press narrative won't work. And a lot of the IMF money and a lot of the Afghanistan, the the, uh, central bank money doesn't materialize. I believe the Taliban are going to lose their minds like they they have about three functioning neurons left. And you are going to see a mass extermination. As um, a couple of commentators noted this morning, You'll see them potentially shut off the internet. That sounds highly likely after August 31st. You will see killings in the street. And this is going to get really ugly really fast. I'm sure the media will write Republicans pound stories about that, though. Also, there's been zero accountability for this cataclysmic failure. I want to get to that in a second, because nowhere else on planet Earth is a failure this of this magnitude, just casually discarded with no consequence whatsoever. Nowhere else, not in your job, not in sports, not in entertainment. Can you imagine a cataclysmic failure this bad in even a Hollywood movie? A billion dollars spent on a movie that earns, I mean, that, that would this would be the equivalent cataclysmic disaster in entertainment, and it earns 10 million? No one would want to work with that person again. Not in politics. I'm going to get to that in a second. Let me get to my uh, my second sponsor, but it's important because this is government. And this is why you should never, ever, ever trust government. It is a money pit waste of time. I'll be going to my town hall tonight to let them know that, too. That's a whole other story. I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow. Labor Day, it's around the corner. Why does that matter? Because a lot of you barbecue, you go out. We're an Omaha Steaks household here. We love it. The food is absolutely delicious. You can cut their steaks with a plant. With a plastic butter knife. The only thing I don't like about the ad is having ad, ate, uh, eaten, excuse me, a lot of Omaha steaks over the years. My mouth tends to water because I think about the food and I get hungry. It's time to get ready for the last cookout of summer. Go to omahasteaks.com. Go today and type Bongino in the search bar to shop the deluxe grill out assortment. It's delicious. What does it include? It has over, you see that? Over 30 entrees like the bacon wrapped filet mignons, filet mignon burgers, boneless pork chops, gourmet jumbo franks, sides, desserts, and more. Plus, you'll save over 50% and you'll get 12 free burgers. These are basically a steak between buns. They're delicious. Put a little of that Omaha seasoning on there too. I like a little mustard on my burger. You put a little ketchup on there, a little tomato, a little piece of lettuce. Mm. Omaha steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life. Some Bongino family favorites include those bacon uh, wrapped filet mignons, Told you about the burgers, of course, and Amelia's favorite, the caramel apple tarlets. 
Visit omahasteaks.com. Enter keyword Bongino in the search bar and save over 50% when you order the deluxe grilled out assortment. Plus, get 12 free Omaha Steaks burgers and enjoy the last cookout of summer. That's omahasteaks.com. Mm. Enter keyword Bongino. I do get hungry. That's the only downside. You do, right? <laughs> Me too. Okay. So only in government is there zero accountability for a disaster this apocalyptic. I can't even think of enough analogies. I don't want to waste your time. I just gave you the Hollywood movie analogy. Can you imagine a sports team, right? 162-game baseball season. I think it's still 162 games. I haven't watched it so long. But can you imagine a team winning 15 games and then next year, nobody's fired on that. The hitting coach, pitching coach, manager, general manager, no one. New York Post, Mark Moore, be in my newsletter today. Read this story. Put this everywhere. No mass firings expected in the White House over Afghanistan debacle, says a report. Wait till you read the reason. Want to see the reason the White House doesn't want to fire anyone for the terrible decision making? Number one, they'd have to fire Joe Biden first. But they said ditching National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinken, and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, or CIA Director William Burns, would be viewed as admitting fault, Axios reported. And while Biden acknowledges the operation has been messy, he's committed to the withdrawal, the report said. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine a, a, a group of grown adults who are afraid right now to fire people because they're afraid they're going to have to admit fault? Nowhere else has this happened. Nowhere. What do you tell, think about it, right? What do you tell your kids that are, that, that, that can speak and think, right? Figure four and up, they become self-aware, right? Roughly. You tell your kids all the time, you got to take responsibility, take some initiative, you screw up, apologize, move on, fix it. <laughs> Not in government. And you wonder why people just don't trust these people. So I tell you, government is a cesspool of stupidity. Don't trust them ever with anything. They screw up everything. I'll get to Corona. I got a bunch of Corona updates too including his stunning story about masks. Again, even the lefties are now starting to admit that this is a cult, the mask cult. I did, however, see a, a tweet by Ron Coleman this weekend I thought was uh, very impactful. Not Ron Coleman, the bodybuilder, Ronnie Coleman. Remember Ronnie Coleman? That guy was huge. He's in, he's in rough shape, though, right now. He's banged up. He's had a lot of surgery. This is Ron Coleman. He's um, kind of an activist. And he tweeted this out. He said, here's my general recommendations for where we are right now. This is very good advice. He says, number one, admit as I do that you trusted the system for too long. Well, I didn't trust the system for too long, but I appreciate his honesty. And if you were one of those people who trusted the CDC and the FDA and, you know, military experts and you know, government mandarins and all these people at the top who sit there and lord over us from their from their thrones. If you were one of those people, and not many of us, but if you were, it's time to admit that the system is completely broken down and failed. Number two, Ron Coleman says, you know, don't lose heart. You know, I agree with that, folks. I told you about one of my favorite books, which keeps jumping up, uh, the rankings every time we mention it. I think it was like number 50 or something a few weeks ago. Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. It's a book about his time in the concentration camps. How he talked about no matter how bad things got, as long as people had hope, whatever it was, seeing their wife again, whatever it may be, that they would still stay alive. Stay alive. He's right. Don't lose heart. Don't. Once they break us, it's over. Remember, uh, he reminded me of that great quote by Aeneas. Aeneas, who said, an enemy is not vanquished until he considers himself so. So I'll ask you here, do you consider yourself vanquished? Seriously, because if you do, it is over. But no matter, how bad, no matter how bad it gets, if you don't consider yourself vanquished, ladies and gentlemen, you are not. Number three, don't snipe at allies on trivialities. I agree with this. There's a lot of this going on right now. That is not to say. That is not to say that we shouldn't go after fake Republicans and rhinos who have decimated this movement. They are traitors to our cause. But I'm seeing a lot of this lately. 
It's even happened on this show a lot where we just, it's endless attacks on serious folk, on trivialities and stuff that we can get. You, and people who really have, I'm seeing a lot of it. It's killing our movement. You have allies and you have enemies. If you can't distinguish between the two, then forget about losing heart. The whole thing is, over. whether you have heart or not, it's gone. Because you don't even know at that point what side you're fighting on. Not every ally is going to agree with us on tactics and ways forward 100% of the time. But knowing they're on the right team matters. He says, do resist. He's right there. Absolutely right. He says, and work towards fighting in your own name where possible, if only to encourage others. It inspires others. You take a risk, it inspires others. Do it in your name. Finally, he says, do trust God. It's good advice from uh, Ron Coleman. Now, we can't count on any help here uh, with regard to liberals who are just completely uh, lost. They're lost. They're, they're, we need, there has to be a national divorce, folks. There are ways to do it that don't involve hyperbolic proclamations, you know, of, uh, you know, like a landmass separate everybody over to one side, everybody on the other side. There are ways to do this. One of the ways I suggested is we have to focus like a laser on shrinking the federal government dramatically so it has very little power other than those constitutionally delegated roles. If we do that and we were all to move and relocate, those who can, not everybody can, to red states, we can create what I believe is a national separation that's needed. Does it mean a destruction of the United States? Just means a new United States. Where liberals want to screw up their their uh, you know you know want to screw up and, and and implement big government tyrannical policies and totalitarianism, you do it in your areas. Just leave our areas alone, and there's no federal government to tell us we have to do what you idiots are doing up there. Why do I worry about these people? Why am I bringing this up now about this national separation, national divorce? Because we have a severe crisis right now that could involve very significant amounts of human bloodshed, American citizens lost. We require crisis managers and people with bold ideas, not BS artists, and not liberal nut jobs and identity politics obsessed losers who manage to fit race into everything, including Afghanistan. Here's a Michelle Martin from NPR, I believe, on I think it was ABC this weekend, who in, this one is even this is really astonishing manages to make an identity politics white supremacy article about Afghanistan. No, this really happened on a show. Check this out. I'm concerned about, and, and you know, Craig, you also have expertise in this area. One of the concerns I have is what this does for recruiting of white nationalist groups. I mean, this has been one of their core issues is refugees and a sense of Americans losing their identity and their sense of potency, both at home and abroad. And I just think this is a very fraught time for the country for reasons that we can't even anticipate at the moment. So just to be clear, uh, thank you. Her white messiah, Joe Biden. I assume she's one of these CRT oppressor oppressed acolytes where they worship the CRT gods. But her white messiah, Joe Biden who defenestrated the United States and castrated us on the international scene by engaging in one of the most strategically ridiculous, deadly withdrawals in modern U.S. history, the ramifications of which, as I just warned you, we haven't even seen yet. The extermination hasn't begun yet by the Taliban. It's not his fault. It's going to be the fault of white nationalists who are going to use the Afghanistan thing to recruit people. This is the kind of stupidity that really exists in the left. Get away from these people. Listen to me. As I know I'm not supposed to point Arrowhand. As quickly as you can. Please. These people are crazy. Here, you need another example? Here's another example of crazy people. Here's this uh, white Antifa. I don't know what she is. White CRT person, just a crazy leftist. I mean, there's just a big umbrella of crazy leftists. Is she Antifa? I don't know. She's at a rally. It's a white person, which doesn't matter to us, but is all that matters to Michelle Martin and others talking about identity politics. So she's at some rally against the Proud Boys. She has a sign, you know, we don't support fascists or whatever, not realizing she's, you know, the fascist herself. And a black woman comes up behind her who's apparently married to a 
a conservative preacher. And watch this white woman dismiss her, this white like Antifa-type person, whatever she is, dismiss her. And when the black woman confronts her on the fact that this is fascinating, like you're white, I'm black, and you're dismissing me, and my life doesn't matter, watch her just walk away. Because they have nothing to offer to this debate at all other than hatred, fear, and division. Nothing. And when you confront them on it, they can't get away quick enough because they're cowards. Watch this. Hi. The black my, people. My kids, my kids were the ones who uh, Antifa threw bombs and pepper gas at on August 7th. The black conservative Tom, preacher's Tom wife. Right. Oh, yeah. so because I'm his wife, my kids don't matter? No, your kids absolutely matter. And okay, I think so it's can we crap please tell, that they can got we please, hurt, but Can we please tell nope. us why? Nope, I don't bombs engage with you or your husband. Oh, this is, this is classic, yeah, guys. Great. Please get this on camera. This is what white liberal women do. They're a thousand times worse than Karen. Okay? And I want you to pay close attention. The white liberal women will not engage in conversation with me. Why? Because I do not. Oh, because of who my husband is. Just to be clear. So I am devalued. So women matter, right? We don't want women to be oppressed. Women matter. But because of who my husband is, I no longer have value. There she goes. There she goes, people. <laughs> he goes later. <laughs> True. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. You see me? This is it. You confront these dunces, these 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 so-called privileged white liberals, their words, not mine. You confront them with facts. Hey, do women matter? Because I'm a minority woman. She says I'm a I, I'm a black woman. And no, her life doesn't matter because she doesn't tow their leftist company line. Get away from these people as quickly as you can. All right, let me get to my third sponsor. I do want to move on. There's a lot in Afghanistan. We'll get to more of it this week. I just got an email uh, just now when we were playing that cut. I'm going to read it in a second, too, and I'll see if there's any. This is one of my sources who's very good on the ground. But I want to get to my third sponsor, and I want to move on to the – I just want you to put this under the under the title, the headline, whatever, Chiron on our screen. Is this science? The mass cult a major blow to the mass cult this week. My wife even heard it on the local radio where they're really liberals. And they're like, hey, these mass things work. I read this piece. Don't go anywhere. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at All Form. Hey, if you've been listening to a sh- the show for a while, you know I love my Helix mattress. It's just great. Well, they've gone beyond the bedroom Helix and they started making sofas too. They launched a new company called All Form. They're making premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. What makes an all-form sofa really terrific? Well, for starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials and at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick your fabric, that spills stain and scratch resistant, the sofa color, the color of the legs, the sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everyone can always start small with all form and buy more seats later if you want your all form sofa to grow and change with you when they move. My daughter has one. She loves it. It's perfectly contoured to her room. All form sofas are also delivered directly to your house with fast free shipping. In the past, if you want to order a sofa to take weeks or even months to arrive, you'd need someone to come and assemble it too. All form is simple, quick assembly, no tools needed. We have an all form sofa, as I said, in Isabel's room. Paula set it up in, it was like a, 30 minutes or so. It was just one little piece she needed help with, and that was it. And it was only because I had to just move something quick. It was that easy. And if getting a sofa without trying it in the store sounds a little risky, don't worry about that. We get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty. That means literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash Dan, A-L-L, F-O-R-M, allform.com slash Dan. Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners. Go today, allform.com slash Dan. Great sofas. Isabel loves hers. Okay. I want you to put this section of the show under the headline of science. We've been told, like we've always been told by leftists and nutjobs in the media, that the conservative movement, we're the anti-science party. Of course, that is factually inaccurate. We're the science party. They're the science of, uh, you know, voodoo. That's what they do. They don't do actual science on that side. It's us who do science, right? So regarding the science of masks, masks have become a religion. 
And I, I'm going to ask now a rather discomforting question, but a necessary one. If masks work, why aren't masks working? Our money ball theory. But secondly, the discomforting question, and I'm serious, and this may hurt your feelings if you're a liberal, but that's not my job here is to give you back rubs and make you feel good. It's to ask the hard questions to make you probe your own minds, even if it's painful to hear. And my question is this, what kind of parent are you to force your kid into a face muzzle or a mask? while you're still admittedly unsure of the science and the long-term effects from masking your kid? It's a serious question. You may not like the question, but I'm not kidding when I ask it. What kind of parent are you to do something like that? You have any idea what the long-term effects are of this? You doubt me on this, by the way, that masking kids and everyone else has become a cult? Listen to Dr. Fauci, again, who is a nearly 100% success record of failure. His success record of failing is unblemished. Uh, very little of what he says, he says for very long. He's asked by a uh, television host about masks. And there are differences with masks. Cloth versus the blue surgical masks versus 95s versus KN95. There are very real differences. Filtration. Not the Fauci. Fauci the science guy. This is the guy who's supposedly leading the mask uh, you know, the, the, the mass cult, this is their God. They worship this guy with their masks on, of course. Listen to Fauci's answer on this. Check this out. We debated the CDC's changing guidance on masks over the last 18 months. What is your view, Dr. Fauci, right now on masks in light of the Delta variant? Are surgical masks good enough or should everyone be wearing now N95s, KN95s in indoor venues? You know, Mady, instead of worrying about what kind of mask, just wear a mask. Wear a mask, you know, wear a surgical mask, a cloth mask. Some people can't tolerate N95s. Rather than saying one versus the other, we need to wear masks. Sorry, I'm reading this email. What a mess. It's saying you're being totally misled by state and the Department of Defense on the process for getting Americans out of the country. I don't mean to sound distracted or go back and forth, but this, I just got this on the air. This is from a very high-level source. Begging, begging for people to brief D.C. lawmakers who know what's going on. So there's no, they're, they're not letting people in. They're not letting charters out. That this is just a, no civilian-run charters left the airport for at least days. The only ones are government-leased, DOD-run, with a few foreign government-run exceptions. Gates are almost always closed at the airport, period. Folks, you're being lied to, man. You're being totally lied to about what's going on right here. <sighs> All right, back to this, the mask cult. Sorry, I don't mean to jump around, but things, even though it's not a live show, I treat it like a live-to-tape show. So if something comes in, you're entitled to know about it. By the way, I have Steve Dace on the radio show today, who's an excellent authority on the masking stuff. Back to that. So there you go. There's the science. Don't worry, fellas. Joe Gee, no worries. Cloth, blue surgical mask, KN95, 95, gas mask. Uh, what do they go? The Halloween, <laughs> Michael Myers mask, a hockey mask. Yes, good go. point, Joe. It's very funny. The bubble boy suit John Kerry found himself in or whatever it was. No worries. It's all the same. There's Fauci. That's that's the scientist, of course. Man, never fails. 100% success record of being wrong. But even liberal outlets, this, is, this was stunning. So th this weekend, my wife and I took a little break. And we were having breakfast. We were kind of watching the waves break. It was nice. We needed a little... Um, time away from it's a good weekend I guess. so follow <laughs> me how does she put up with me really sometimes she just looks at me like really it's a good weekend i'll just leave it at that so i'm sitting there we're eating breakfast the next day i'm trying to recover from the day before and uh my sleep score was like a 22 that night <laughs> to kill me it uh had aura ring i had to change fingers by the way because uh so that's why i have it my aura ring said you have an unconfirmed activity did you exercise no i didn't then i figured it out a little later <laughs> it's gonna kill me 
So I'm reading this the next day at, at breakfast. I'm like, you believe this crap? This is a liberal, a, a left-leaning guy in the New, New York mag. New York mag is no conservative outlet. I was stunned. It says the science of masking kids at school remains uncertain. I was like, wait, what? What is this, Breitbart? Conservative Review? What is this? And the, David Zweig, who I, I don't know, I, I, I think I've heard his name once or twice, but regardless, pretty good piece. He's like, hey, man, uh, you know, it's interesting that the CDC just published this big study on masks. And one of the big conclusions of the study on masks was that the masks basically couldn't be said to be effective. That's in the piece right here. And yet the CDC buried the lead completely. They published the study. They studied all this stuff, HEPA filters, uh, classroom barriers, and found, quote, that they were not, they did not have a statistically significant benefit. Now, again, I find my humble opinion here that the mask cultists, your degree of loyalty to the mask is inversely proportional to your knowledge about what masking does to your kids. That's why I think I'm sorry you're a terrible parent if you do. I do. And you may not like it, but it's true. You know nothing about the data. The data clearly indicates for your kids that these masking mandates in schools provide almost no statistically significant benefit at all. You have no idea what the long-term consequences are. And you put your kid in a mask anyway because you're a cult member. That's what they do. Cult members bring their kids to the cult. That's what they do. Even worse, this is from the New York mag piece. Again, pointing out that there's very little statistical evidence these things do anything. It talks about how in Europe, Scandinavia, Ireland, France, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Italy, they've exempted kids with varying age of cutoff, with varying age cutoffs from wearing masks in classrooms. The author says, conspicuously, there's no evidence of more outbreaks in schools in those countries relative to schools in the U.S. with a solid majority of kids wore masks for an entire academic year and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. These countries, along with the WHO, whose child masking guidance differs substantially from our CDC's recommendations, listen to this, have explicitly recognized that the decision to mask students carries with it potential academic and social harms for children uh, and may lack a clear benefit. I need a favor from you now, please, for your mass cultist friends. I don't know David Swig. Again, I've heard of him. I think if it's the same guy who wrote at the Baltimore Sun, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. This piece is in my newsletter. I'm going to get a lot of emails how to get it. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. Just click Sign up. It's in my newsletter. It is on my website under the show notes. Please. It is the New York Mag article. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Sign up. You will get my emails when they go out. It is in the email right there. How do I have it down? Hold on. I want to make sure you get this. this is... Hold on. Stand by. Sorry, folks, but this is important. How I have it listed. I write my own show notes. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. So... It is important. <laughs> I'm feeling it says it's that is right. <laughs> it's the third story down so far, unless I add any more. But it's the third. I'll leave it as the third. It says even left wing media outlets are calling BS on kids and mess. There's my preparatory show notes right there, and it has the article right there. Third story down. Third story down. Very very important. I want you to print that story, give it to all your mass cult friends, bring it to your school boards, and ask them what the long-term side effects are, and what data they have that these things work. Remember I said we were going to open up this segment with the science? I thought we weren't, I, I, I thought we were the, we were the cultists and they were the science party. Interesting how they can't actually produce science. I've got a great video coming up showing, let me get to my last sponsor. I've got a couple more videos coming up. My, my, uh, my new best friend, Calvin Robinson, who I really love, Watch him debate a scientist. The scientist is like, I need evidence. Calvin Robinson gives him evidence about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Watch the guy run for the hills. It's the greatest thing ever. I got that and more. Uh, stay tuned. Our last sponsor today 
Liquid IV. Got a packet right here. He just, he's such a nice guy, Gee. Joe, he says to me, he says, Dad, do you have any more liquid IV to distribute? And I said, well, distribute to who, Gee? He's like, to me, I like it. This really happened before the show. I'm like, I'm like, you're very polite. I appreciate it. But you could have just asked, hey, can I have some liquid IV? <laughs> that really happened. He loves this stuff. He did. My to distribute. Man. Very polite. You know, he's very polite, man. Very yeah. your, your parents did a good job. This stuff is great. The hot summer months, it's, listen, it's even good in the fall and the winter. You got to stay hydrated. But in the hot summer months, this is an absolute must, as my dad used to say. They're here. You got to be proactive. You got to keep your body fueled up. But you have to stay hydrated. You have to. I use this stuff during my workouts. I, I go in a sauna. Afterwards, I chug a big one of these things because I love these uh, things. Liquid IV hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Healthier than sugary sports drinks, has no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. It's made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. What makes Liquid IV so effective? Cellular transport technology. It has the optimal ratio in this pack. You just top in the water, stir, drink it up. The optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium are in it. It delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream, and it sucks it up like that. It's a perfect balance to help you hydrate more quickly and effectively than water alone. One stick right here of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. You have no idea how dehydrated you are until you drink one of these and feel what it's like to not be dehydrated. Get it today. He's a big fan. He wants me to distribute more to him. Grab your liquid IV. Liquid IV, can you send this more for Gee? Can you send me a box for Gee? Please, personal favor, because he wants the distribution center to go right to his house. Grab your liquid IV. This poor guy. In bulk, nationwide at Costco, where you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Bongino at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order. Get better hydration today like Gee will. I just gave him three packs. Get better hydration today. Liquidiv.com. Use promo code Bongino. Liquidiv.com. Promo code Bongino. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. You know. I, but he is a very polite young man. He's not a kid. Young man. All right. Science. We're back to science. The mask science they can't seem to find ever. Science. <laughs> That's a, doo -doo -doo -doo. You can't seem to find the science anywhere. Here's uh, some sciencey science stuff. I saw this. I live just about 20 miles north of Palm Beach Gardens. It's a lovely place. But Palm Beach County does have a lot of Democrats, a lot of great Republicans, too. But uh, I live about 20 miles north, scrolling through on uh, whatever it was, Thursday or Friday of last week, maybe the weekend. Who knows? And I see this appear on social media. Apparently, some doctors in Palm Beach Gardens, you know, who are supposed to be attending to people's health and all. I thought that was the whole point of doctoring, you know, call me crazy. Some doctors decided it'd be a good idea to walk out of the hospital in Palm Beach Garden they were in. Wonder what happened. Was there an emergency outside? No, no, they wanted to protest against people who don't get the vaccine. Huh, that's weird. Here, check this out. Just moments ago, more than 75 doctors staged a walkout to protest the number of COVID patients coming to the hospitals who have not been oh vaccinated. The thing, let's bring in Carrie Sanders, because Carrie, you're in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, at this doctor's walkout. <laughs> Carrie, what, what, and I know the area very well, what Americans don't understand is for every unvaccinated person that's filling up an ICU bed, that means with a hospital's jam, somebody with a heart attack, and I've known somebody in this position, goes there, has trouble getting in, can't get treatment, can't get a bed. It is a nightmare for the doctors. It is a nightmare for the nurses. And to the doctor's uh, point of view, it's worse yet for sick people that want help from them. That is truly reflective of the frustration that you see behind me and these doctors have gathered, some coming off their shifts to come out here, gathering to try to tell people, please, first of all, ignore the nonsense and the absurdities that you're hearing people say at public meetings and recognize the value of what a vaccine will do. This is incredible. Now, let me just put a couple of things out there because they matter. The doctors I know in my family and one of my best friends listens to the show every day. And I know a lot of doctors, not just one, a lot, are wonderful, incredible, dedicated people. 
Matter of fact, doctors, legit, it's not hyperbolic. Saved my life. You know what I went through. You know, you get lymphoma. Yeah, it's not the most severe. I had stage one lymphoma. I didn't have stage four pancreatic cancer. But lymphoma, you will die. Thankfully, medicine and doctors and brilliant, caring people around the world over hundreds of years have figured out ways to treat people like me. And now I'm still here talking to you. We candidly knock on wood at this point, very few side effects because of brilliant doctors. This is not an indictment of doctors. This is an indictment of those doctors. This is your freaking job. You don't like your job? Quit. You have a political opinion about why people get vaccines or why they don't? Fine. We live in a constitutional republic. When you're off duty and you're not being paid to provide medical services, render your opinion. I'm not here to silence you. I'm not YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. I'm not a fascist communist loser. You're entitled to an opinion. You went to medical school. You're entitled to, even if you didn't go to medical school, you're perfectly entitled to have an opinion on the vaccine. You're walking out of the hospital? Where does this end now? So just to be clear, you're a doctor. You're being paid quite handsomely to render medical services to people who need it. And you walk out because what? You don't agree with their medical decisions? What about smokers? Are they next? Have we asked ourselves any of this? So if you come in the hospital now and you're having an, a bout of emphysema and you can't breathe, do the doctors at that hospital, again, I'm the, don't even mistake this for some kind of stereotype. At the, I'm not doing that at all. Some of my best friends literally are doctors, and I love them to death. And the doctors who saved me, I love you to death too. But to those doctors, someone comes in who's a smoker having a bout of emphysema. Do you not give them oxygen? Hey, not really digging your decisions. You did this to yourself. What about people who are obese? We think of that. You ate yourself to death. Your blood pressure's high. You can just die. We're going to walk out, take a lunch break. What about stunt men? Fair question, right? You chose that career. Broken leg? Put some tussin on it, as Chris Rock said in the comedy act. A little Robitussin in there. A little tussin on that. We're not helping you. You chose that career. Again, in case you think I speak with forked tongue, a line I use often because bona fides matter. I was a cop, police officer for a while, whether federally where I was a federal agent or with the NYPD. And, you know, I rolled up to a lot of houses, a lot of people doing a lot of messed up stuff. Can you imagine saying, you know what? You look like a plague on society. I see some drug paraphernalia there, whatever it is. So even though you got robbed, probably by a rival drug dealer, because I've been on those calls, we're not going to provide you any law enforcement services whatsoever because you clearly brought this on yourself with your violent criminal lifestyle. Now, of course, the liberals would lose their minds. But it's the exact same argument that these doctors are using. You're being paid to be a professional law enforcement officer. You want to have an opinion about drug use and social welfare programs? You are perfectly entitled to it as a police officer to speak out on your own dime. You are being paid by public dollars to do a job like I was paid. And that was my responsibility. You got an opinion about it? Keep it to yourself until you get home. I'm very sorry. I love the doctors in my life and all the great doctors out there who are helping us get through this pandemic. Thank you for your service to this country, for your genius and for your willingness to put yourself through years of medical school to help us out. To those doctors, I'm disgusted by you. This is a deadly, dangerous new precedent. And I strongly, I'm serious. I strongly recommend you leave the profession as soon as possible. It's not for you. Become a political activist. That's what you're good at. But that's science. What about do no harm? Remember there was a Hippocratic oath, do no harm? So now it's do no harm unless you disagree with people's medical decisions. Then do them harm and walk out. I don't remember that in the oath. I didn't see that one. Is that the new oath? Missed that. Here's another science thing. Here's my new man. I love this guy, Calvin Robinson. Good guy. <laughs> I don't know him actually at all. I just know him from social media. But he's, he's really good. He's doing a debate with a again, scientist doing science-y science type stuff. And 
he asks the uh, scientists about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. The scientist doesn't like that question because uh, he's been told or uh, been lectured by his, his betters in politics and elsewhere that it's not appropriate to talk about anything other than vaccines. God forbid you talk about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And the, the, the scientist tells him, ah, I don't believe in evidence. Well, I, I don't believe you have evidence. Ask him for evidence. He produces evidence. The scientist doesn't, doesn't like it. Check this out. And hydroxychloroquine, for example? Uh, well, show me it works. I mean, there is zero evidence that it doesn't work. But that's that it does work. True, I mean, it just it? doesn't. It's not zero evidence. We have a, rep a report from Harvard. No, no, really, no, really, there is zero evidence that it yeah, works. Yeah, it's quite. Okay, and I'm not going up and down this path with you. It doesn't work. I mean, you said you, you said give me evidence. I'm willing to give you the evidence. And if you're a scientist, you should address the evidence. Yale University is well respected around the world. Harvey Risch, PhD, professor of epidemiology at Yale, says the evidence of the benefit of HCQ used in high-risk outpatients is extremely strong. So are you saying you don't want to see the evidence or you don't want to believe the evidence? <laughs> it's not what I want to believe or what I don't want to believe, thanks. It's what I do or don't believe. And appeals to academic seniority like that are really poor science. Interesting. Okay, so what about Invermectin? Invermectin, again, even the manufacturers say it doesn't work. But again, we've seen high cases of this working very well in developing countries, but also in Japan, lots and lots of evidence of it working there. I'm interested, to, I'm interested to hear why every time I speak to you, you say there's no evidence of this working, but when we show you evidence, you seem to not want to take it on board. Is it a case that you don't well, every, every time, you mean the one time you've spoken to me. No, no, um, the, the general consensus of opinion, and it's not just me, is that this doesn't work. This is hilarious. <laughs> that, that's, that is, that, believe me, that dude earned his monthly right there. So oh, yeah. he, he faults, he asks for evidence. Calvin Robinson produces evidence. He then doesn't like the evidence, insults the scientist, doesn't address the data at all. It's a, that's an appeal to academic seniority and then makes an appeal to academic seniority at the end by saying the general consensus says, <laughs> these, people, these people are too much. <laughs> Produce evidence. Oh, here's the evidence. I don't like that evidence. That scientist is an idiot and shouldn't make an appeal to his academic seniority. Uh, sorry, you, you, what, you just don't like the evidence? And uh, let me tell you, general consensus and academic seniority says the opposite of what the heck I just said. Science, folks. It's all science. 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 It's all science, folks. All science. Masks, all science. Doctors walking out, all science. Scientists are debating Calvin Robinson, all science, all science. He's an evidence guy. You give him evidence. No, not that evidence. I mean, other evidence. And then he, I missed one part. Watch that again. Rewind it. He goes, there's zero evidence. Then Calvin Robinson produces evidence, meaning it's less than zero, like the Robert Downey Jr. mover, Downey Jr. mover. Remember that? Less than, some of the troubling scenes of that one, right? Less than zero. And then all of a sudden he doesn't like that evidence. So he moves on. So nothing the guy said was in fact accurate. This war, by the way, against ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine is just getting more embarrassing by the day. Now you see why I put that Ron Coleman tweet in there. We're just done with the system. I don't mean the system in like the liberal way. Like, go after the man, man. The liberals are the man now. They are. They run everything. They run big corporations. They run YouTube. They run Facebook. They run the government. We're the real misfits. We're the real rebels now. US FDA. Ivermectin, by the way, which is a drug approved for use in human beings. Because it's also used in animals, of course, the FDA has to crap all over it and make you believe you're crazy for even asking your doctor about ivermectin as a treatment. I'm not a doctor. I don't know to recommend it or not. I wouldn't dare. But it is, in fact, a drug that is used in human beings. But because it's used in animals, the FDA has to take a shot at it. Hat tip Alex Berenson for this series of tweets. It says the FDA, you are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it. This is our FDA. Why you should not use ivermectin to treat COVID-19. The FDA has no idea about you, your doctor, anything like that. They're just telling you you're not a horse. Alex Berenson was kind enough to include the fact that the American Opt Optometric Association, this October 20th, 2015 article, River Blindness Treatment receives the Nobel Prize. That was for ivermectin. For humans. Don't worry, folks, you're not a horse. Showing you again how science 
Here's a Yossi Gestetner who was kind enough to put this out. So, you know, it's fascinating how the left continues to attack Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, and now Kristi Noem of South Dakota, three Republican governors. Yet it's puzzling how they leave out the two states with the worst performance run by blue state governors, New York and New Jersey. And Hawaii right now is having an uptick as well. New York is also having another sad uptick. Seven-day average of cases in New York, 518, then 1366 in July, and 4,616 on August 22nd. New York is exploding in cases. You don't hear much about that, do you? New York's case count, he writes, is up 791% from two months ago and up 237% from a month ago. Didn't know the Sturgis rally was staged in New York. Of course, the Sturgis bike rally happened in South Dakota. And liberals think it's a good idea to attack Christy Noem, despite the fact that cases are jumping in New York and Hawaii, too. Don't trust these idiots. Just write them all off. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I have uh, some updates for you tomorrow about some things, too. You're not going to want to miss. Couldn't get to him today. Kind of running out of time. But thanks again for watching my show this weekend on Fox, too. The, great, the ratings were really great. I'm still waiting for the uh, demo stuff. But I deeply appreciate your support. It means a lot to me. I'll see you all tomorrow. And on the radio show later today, Steve Dace. Don't miss that. See you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.